Hello and welcome to Balance Life Well with Emily, a weekly podcast about all things mental health. I'm your host, Emily, mental health coach and founder of Balance Life Well. Each week, I'll be interviewing coaches and leaders in the mental health and wellness sector. These inspirational guests will be sharing their knowledge and top tips on different areas of mental health. Today we are going to be talking about binge eating disorder with Krista, who is a binge eating and recovery coach. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode, Krista. Yes, thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to talk about this today. Great. So I think it would be great to start off with you explaining for our listeners exactly what binge eating disorder is. Mm -hmm. Binge eating disorder is when you are binging on a large quantity of food typically it doesn't really matter exactly what the quantity is usually mm-hmm. you can tell if it's a binge if it feels very out of control and that is one of the number one things that can show you that that might be a binge binge mm-hmm. eating disorder really comes down to how often that's happening and there's some specific criteria to be diagnosed with binge eating disorder mm-hmm. but And as terms of me operating as a coach, if there's an issue with food and if you are feeling like you're losing control and having a hard time eating and just feeling control around food and feeling peace around food, Mm -hmm. then that's something that you can work on. Okay. And what would it be, um, like you were saying about the criteria, would it be like a certain amount of times in a week that you would binge that would mean Mm -hmm. you've got that disorder? Yeah, I think, sorry about that, I think it is three times a week and for a specific amount of months. And I don't remember the criteria. I know I took like a diagnostic criteria (laughs) class a long time ago, but I don't remember the exact amount of times. But it's, I think that it's a period of three months. It might Mm -hmm. be a couple times a week. Yeah. Okay, great. So you have personally struggled with binge eating in the past. Mm -hmm. Would you mind sharing a bit about your experience and your journey? Yeah. So my disordered eating kind of evolved over time. Um, When I was young, we're talking like under 10 years old, I started dieting and my parents (sighs) kind of encouraged that and we'd go months without sweets and Mm -hmm. we would talk a lot about what foods are good and what foods are bad and so that started me off from the bat of having this very clear definition of what was good eating and what was bad eating but anything that wasn't good sent me on this downward spiral Mm -hmm. so I started dieting a lot and by the time that I was hitting puberty hormones are changing I was in this restrictive mindset and then Mm. I'd start losing control and eat a lot of food and I'd start eating and I'd keep eating and this usually happened at night for me at first Mm -hmm. and then a couple of years of that and me just having these regular binges my eating disorder kind of evolved into bulimia okay what was frustrating for me and why I'm so passionate about binge eating is when I was struggling with binge eating, it was kind of dismissed a lot. And it mm. wasn't something that there was very much awareness about. 
And when it was bulimia, everyone was like, oh, yeah, that's an eating disorder. You need help. Yeah. And when I was struggling with binge eating, it was like, oh, just start doing this. And you're probably just somebody. A doctor told me you're probably just somebody who is always going to struggle with your weight. That was not a very informed way of approaching this. But there's been a lot of progress and awareness around Mm. binge eating disorder. But it's definitely something with a lot more taboo. Yeah. Yeah, and it's actually, because I'm a mental health first aider, and it's only in the past couple of years that I feel like it's been, as you say, spoke about and also recognised as an eating disorder, rather than it being just like a lack of control around food. Yes. So, a little bit more about my story. Um, I did get to the point where I was getting lots of help, getting lots of support, and kept struggling. Mm. And part of why I became a coach is there was a point where I left treatment and just relapsed right away. Yeah. I was like, there's something missing here, and there was definitely things that I needed to work on to help me get to the point where things were a lot easier with mm. food. But I realized that there were things that clicked, and over time I was able to work through the issues where I was getting stuck on things yeah. and realized it is possible to do that. And over time I ended up getting certified as a coach and becoming a coach because that was something that helped me so much. Mm. And I think it's, it's really interesting because a lot of people go into their sort of, you know, their jobs because they've experienced it themselves or they're passionate about it. And that's obviously what, what's happened with you. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a lot of passion and care yeah. about just spreading awareness and giving support. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And um, how does binge eating disorder impact someone's day-to-day sort of life? So something that isn't talked about enough, I think, with binge eating is how often you're thinking about food. Yeah, and It's not always thinking about binging on food or having that urge to binge but it's also just thinking about dieting and thinking about how much weight you have on your how much weight you have of fat and muscle Mm. just thinking about food and your body all of the time and what happens is when you're thinking about food all of the time and you're restricting and biologically your hormones and everything are increasing the thoughts that you have about food it can feel like it's so hard to focus on anything else. Mm. So school, relationships, career, friendships, all of those things can be so much harder when you're thinking about food all of the time. And even if you're going through your life and it looks like you're being very successful and doing all of the things right, it can feel like you're just going through the motions and feeling very empty and That was a very challenging thing for me was feeling like outside people could look into my life and think that everything was fine. I mean, it's just food. I wasn't doing drugs. I wasn't doing all these other things, but I felt so obsessed and addicted and like I was confused because I couldn't think about anything other than food. Yeah. So... That's something that people come to me a lot. Like, I think about food all the time. Yeah, it's almost like that sort of mental obsession, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. And there's so many factors that contribute to that. 
Mm. It's interesting because a couple of years ago I was diagnosed with binge eating disorder and then I went into rehab for, for a different substance mm. um, and they then said, oh, well, um, your primary addiction is food. And I thought, well, how do? what's the difference? There's something I've tried to learn as much as possible between binge eating disorder and food addiction. I don't know if you've had much experience of, of that. Yeah, I was reading that on your blog, actually. Yeah. I think, sorry, I think that one of the things that's really been debunked is that food addiction is very controversial. Mm. There's a lot of research debunking it in general. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of reasons for that, but I don't think that it's worth getting caught up in that detail yeah. when you're talking about it on a personal level and not like this big like treatment in general level. So the way that I like to think about it is food can be a way of creating a buffer between ourselves and uncomfortable emotions. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with drugs. It's the same thing with alcohol. And it's the same thing with even using our phones. Yeah. And watching TV. Those things can create a buffer between us and uncomfortable emotions. And so where things can go and feel very out of control is when there's this constant obsession around food. You're constantly thinking about food. And you're constantly feeling negative emotions because of that. And then yeah. you always want to avoid those negative emotions. So what's important to recognize is that most of these things, and even dieting and binging, can both serve the same purpose and come back to the same issues mm. of avoiding emotion. Yeah. And having thoughts that are kind of just tearing yourself down and not feeling good about yourself all of it comes back to that root cause of like you and your relationship with yourself yeah yeah definitely and body image i suppose plays a, a massive factor in that as well for sure yeah because something i also read about was that with binge eating it's not just the fact that you're overeating on a certain food or or in general but like you say the the constantly going on and off diets or over exercising to compensate the fact that you're binging. Yeah. And that is something that is technically not in the diagnosis of binge eating, Mm. but it's very common because when you're in that state of like, oh, I ate all of this food and maybe thousands of calories Mm. and you're trying to maybe lose weight or make up for these binges can just become more and more and more obsessive like oh I binged again last night so now I need to diet even more I need to make up for this even more and then those food thoughts become even more and more intrusive Mm. and so it does become a very vicious cycle yeah anybody that's been there and even dealt with that on a smaller scale can really relate to how intrusive that can feel and how much you're thinking about food and losing weight and the guilt yeah and I don't think social media helps with that because you look at these other people who have seemed to have the you know the stereotypical perfect model body and that that again makes you think for even people that don't binge oh my god I need to diet I need to exercise 
and it's that constant loop in your head isn't it which is horrible yeah I think that social media can be such an amazing thing to start realizing there's diverse bodies out Mm. there and there's people that have dealt with the same things and we can feel so connected yeah and we can also feel so isolated yeah I feel like all of these people are doing so well in life Mm. and they're being so successful and I don't feel that way yeah and even I notice that I'll go on social media and get into that comparison trap Mm. like oh, they're doing that? Oh, they're traveling? I wish I could travel. Yeah. I wish I could do this right now. I'm in a different phase of life. And I think that it's so important to recognize that we all are human beings that struggle with things and have ups and downs. And a lot of times the ups are shown. And we see somebody that doesn't struggle with their body maybe or maybe looks a certain way and we have no idea what the inner workings of their life look like yeah and even we can know that intellectually and still compare ourselves and so it becomes a constant reminder like we need to constantly remind ourselves that's just the highlight reel yeah. we're not seeing everything yeah and you know as a, my favorite saying you don't know what's going on behind a photo or, or behind the sort of image that they put out you never know what's going on in someone's mind a hundred percent some of the most successful looking people are in so much turmoil inside yeah definitely so one thing i think would be interesting to sort of clarify on we can all overeat at times particularly on like weekends or birthdays or or christmas (laughs) i think that's a big one so how can someone tell if they or a loved one is having a binge or is developing a a binge eating disorder. Yeah. So one thing that I like to point out is that oftentimes somebody that's struggling with food is talking about food a lot Mm -hmm. or just obsessing in general around exercise or food. Mm -hmm. And so that's one big sign is if that's most of what they want to talk about, it's kind of a red flag that you might not know the inner workings of exactly what they're struggling with, but it's a sign that maybe there's something going on there because talking about food, thinking about food all of the time is a symptom of all eating disorders. Yeah. So that is one thing. I think that it's important to remember that not all people that binge eat binge in public settings Mm. or at the parties so maybe you're noticing that they eat pretty normally in those settings and so you're thinking okay they must not be struggling and it's the same thing with even people who are restricting maybe you're seeing something that you're like oh that's not them restricting they're eating completely normally Mm. in these gatherings but a lot of this stuff happens in private and behind closed doors and so One sign that is a little bit more easy is the talking about food. Mm -hmm. But you can also just notice the way that they're eating. And if maybe you do like have a roommate or something, if you're noticing things go missing in large quantities, or if you're noticing that there's a lot of obsession around exercising and food, that maybe that's something that is going on. Yeah. And I think secret eating is a big thing. I know 
with my aunt she she definitely had she sadly passed but she she definitely had some sort of eating disorder she was very overweight and and couldn't mm-hmm. stop even when she yeah. had a gastric band she still couldn't stop and something that we noticed yeah. if we were in her house we'd just happen to put our hands down the the inside of the couch or something and you'd find all these like chocolate wrappers which she's obviously hidden and another thing with me growing up, I had the same thing with my parents. Like, this is good food, this is bad food. You can have crisps one time a week. So all that made me do yeah. was just go out, go and do it behind their back and hide it in my room because then I know I can get away yeah. with it. And it's it's almost sort of like rebelling, isn't it? Definitely. I think that with that hiding behaviour, it's it can be a way of rebelling. It can also just be a way of feeling like there's so much shame mm. that we just need to like kind of tuck it away and the more shame there is the more likely someone is to hide something yeah and i think that's another big part of it a lot of that hiding stuff all comes back to that emotion of feeling shame yeah yeah definitely and i think the part part of that is the stigma and a lot of people won't recognize binge eating disorder as an eating disorder because they think oh you're just overeating and you're out of control and that that's not a problem it's just a personal thing that you you don't know when to stop Mm -hmm. and that just feeds into the shame (laughs) yeah there's a lot of stigma there where you should just be able to stop Mm. why do you keep doing this and especially people in larger bodies get the brunt of that and I think what's important to remember is the food really is a symptom Mm. of a different problem. And so when you're looking at somebody who's turning to food or even anything else that is kind of a self-sabotaging behavior, it's so important. And even if you're looking at yourself (laughs) and then trying to have compassion for yourself, it's important to remember that it's not the food it's not the substance, it's not whatever's actually going on from the outside. It's them feeling a lot of intense emotions. Mm. They're thinking their desire to kind of have an escape and feeling like they're they need to do that yeah. in order to feel okay. Yeah. And that is where the focus needs to be. The focus shouldn't be the food if you're trying to talk to somebody the focus should be how are you feeling and trying to just show support and care and love because that's going to be much more impactful than hiding food or trying to control somebody else because that stuff never works no never (laughs) and i think as soon as someone tries to control you you just want to run away from them but i 100 percent agree with that and actually there's a, a man called gabor Mate who's an addiction specialist and and he says always say why not don't ask why the addiction ask why the pain because that's always the as you say the reason for the substance use whatever that may be Mm -hmm. and that that really relates to it and i think that it's sometimes easy to look at the substance and try to control that when you're trying to help somebody because you're probably feeling helpless. Mm. I know that there's been times in my life where there's been people I've loved struggling and you want to be like, 
I'll just take the food away. I'll take the substance yeah. away and you'll be okay. And that desire comes from this place of love, mm. but it's kind of motivated by helplessness and recognizing that and being able to have that self-awareness to know, okay, this is just the outer stuff. I am going to let myself feel helpless about that and try to be there for them in the pain that's really going on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think what's particularly tricky about this eating disorder in terms of trying to to manage the symptoms is that we we have to eat food to survive. So if someone is suspe- suspecting, sorry, that they have binge eating disorder or they just want to get some more sort of clarity on on what that is, what would their next steps be for seeking help? Yeah, so there's a few things. There are things that you can just do online if you're in the UK mm-hmm. going and talking to your it's your general practitioner, yeah. right? <laughs> and in the US, just go talk to your primary care doctor. You can get referrals, you can get diagnosed. I wouldn't say that that's 100% necessary. Yeah. During COVID, a lot of people were like, but I haven't been diagnosed because yeah. I haven't been able to go see a doctor. And that's not necessary all the time. Mm. I think that what a diagnosis does for a lot of people, it shows them this is a valid thing that you're struggling with. Mm. And if you can validate that yourself and be like, I'm struggling here and this is something that I want to work on, then there's so many places you can reach out for help. And it's not going to be the same for everybody. Everybody has different needs, and that's why I think it's problematic when there's, like, a course out there that's, like, this will work for everybody, 100%. Um, I think that some people need to be in therapy and work through some of the deeper, darker stuff and work through the other diagnoses that are going on. Mm -hmm. And some people want are in therapy, and they're feeling very stuck. And the reason that I became a coach and where I really like coaching is it's about having some more tangible things and having some ways to work on yourself that are a little bit more concrete than the things I worked on in therapy. Yeah. And, um, but still getting to the root of what's going on. And so be open to what that all the options are. Yeah. And know that if something does not work, it is not your fault it's that thing did not work for Mm. you because I tried so many things that didn't work before I got to the point where I was really making progress that was sustainable and lasted for a long time. So what I encourage people to do when they're seeking help is to remember that it might take time and there might be several things that you look into. And if something's not working and you're not making progress, just keep trying and keep looking because there is help out there. Yeah. And it's so easy, isn't it, to to get disheartened when you've tried something and it and it doesn't work. Um, but you're so right. If you just keep looking, eventually there will be something that or someone that can help you get through that. So, what does recovery yeah. for binge eating disorder look like? So, there's a few things to it. Part of where people start when I work with somebody, for instance, is we start working on creating some more structure. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to be dieting, but you also don't want to be using food as a way to escape emotions. And so finding a way to create structure 
that fits your lifestyle can be a really good first step. And so that's where I personally usually start. And that's also where I started when I was in other forms of treatment Mm -hmm. is creating some structure, separating the times that I'm eating from the times where I don't want to be eating and I want to be feeling my emotions and also making sure that there's plenty of food that I'm giving my body. So that was a first step for me. That's a huge step for the people that I start working with. Uh, But then that opens us up to all of the works in the up and downs that come when you try to follow through with that kind of structure. Um, Eventually, the goal for most people is to get to the point where they can eat when they're hungry, stop when they're full, not use food as their primary source of coping with life, but also just enjoy food and enjoy movement in a way that doesn't feel compulsive or like a burden in life Mm -hmm. and that's the ultimate goal the ultimate goal isn't to have this perfect relationship with food but to have a much more peaceful relationship with food. yeah definitely that comes when you work on the emotional stuff and you work on your thoughts yeah and i think definitely with the thoughts because for me i definitely have like an all or nothing approach to say i ate like a a bad food in inverted commas, like, I don't know, a chocolate bar, I then automatically think, oh, well, I've ruined it. I might as well binge for the rest of the day because I've, I've blown it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's so yeah. common. You're definitely not the only one yeah. there. <laughs> well, thank you so much for enjoy- joining us. This has been really, really insightful, and I'm sure it will help a lot of people. If um, our listeners wanted to connect with you and maybe come to you as a client, which is the best platform they can find you on? So Instagram is probably the best place to find mm-hmm. me. My handle is binge eating coach, and my name is Krista. On my Instagram profile, you can find my website. Sometimes I change the exact link, but my website's kristacouchcoaching.com. And I also try to be responsive to my direct messages on there. So if you want to just send me a message and ask me a question, that's the best place to contact me. Perfect. And I'll also link that in the show notes so that everyone can easily find you. Well, thank you again. Um, It's been really, really great. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today. I hope you all have a lovely week. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope it has been helpful and inspirational. If you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate you taking a moment to rate and review us. And if you would like to find out more information about Balance Life Well, you can visit us at www.balancelifewell.co.uk. Have a lovely week.